Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for being here. I'm Dawn, the host of Procovery Podcasts. This week, we are excited to bring you the first installment of our interview with Dr. Dave Pilon, President and Chief Executive Officer of Mental Health America of Los Angeles, also known as MHALA. The mission of MHALA is to promote health, prevent mental disorders, and achieve victory over mental illness. MHALA aims to advocate for quality care and the protection of rights for people with mental illness and for children with emotional problems. Innovate by designing and demonstrating service and housing models for people with mental illness. Replicate effective models through training and consultation. Educate about mental illness to increase public awareness and improve access to care and end discrimination. Dave's work builds on his talents as designer of the MHA Village, founding director of the MHA Training Division, and developer of Quality of Life Outcomes System. He helps increase the capacity of organizations to measure their effectiveness and helps policymakers gauge the system-wide results of programs. Dave's outcome studies focus on quality of life areas such as living, work, education, finance, and social goals, the areas that often form the core of an individual's role in the community. He developed a computerized system to collect, analyze, and report real-time data. Dave conducted an evaluation commissioned by California's Mental Health Department for the AB34 programs, which serve individuals with mental illness who are homeless and or at risk of jail. His study covered 5,000 individuals served by 55 programs in 34 California counties. Since 1996, he has also measured results of 15 local programs for the Los Angeles County Department of Mental Health. He was selected by our state to design research and evaluation in the areas of employment for people with mental illness. Dave was honored as the 2004 Researcher of the Year by the United States Psychiatric Rehabilitation Association. We were very pleased to speak with Dave and hope you enjoy the first installment of this interview. We asked Dave, since he became president and CEO of MHALA, how it has impacted or changed his thinking about mental health services, if at all. Uh, I don't think that my thinking has changed a lot since I became CEO. Uh, You know, I had the benefit of being with the agency for over 20 years before I was elected to become the CEO. And I feel like I was pretty well prepared to take over the job. Uh, My former boss, Richard Van Horn, is a great mentor and always insisted that I be aware of the bigger mental health picture, not just our internal or local issues. Uh, I have to say that since I became CEO, I've become even more acutely aware of how our funding mechanisms can hinder or encourage the delivery of quality and effective mental health services. I've made it a top priority for myself to advocate with different national, state, and local funding authorities to create funding mechanisms that are less driven by the medical model and are more friendly to recovery and recovery-based approaches to service. Here Dave shares with us some MHALA changes and successes. 
Well, many of your listeners may be familiar with our direct service programs. We run two full-service partnerships, one in Long Beach, known as The Village, and another in Lancaster uh, here in L.A. County, but out in the Antelope Valley. And both of these programs are seen as model programs in how to provide recovery-oriented services to people with severe and persistent mental illnesses. The Village particularly has been held up as a model both nationally and internationally for the way that services should be provided to this population. Uh, we also operate a program called Project Return Peer Support Network, which is a countywide system of self-help clubs, almost totally staffed by people who have the lived experience of mental illness. Uh, we have grown this program until it is now nearly a $2 million annual program, and our next step will be to spin it off as its own 501c3 organization. We believe it's time for L.A. County to have a completely peer-run program from its board of directors down to its members. But what your listeners may not know is that we also have done a lot of work around workforce development. I'm very proud of the fact that our organization has uh, a number of programs designed to increase the number of people working in human services, particularly people with, with the lived experience of mental illness. Our Jumpstart program is a 10-week program designed to provide both didactic and experiential training to BA-level practitioners who will be able to work as case managers. And our peer advocate training designed to provide training to consumers seeking peer advocate positions in the mental health system. It's our belief that one of the most important ways to transform our mental health system is to make it more recovery-oriented by hiring people who have a personal experience with mental illness as staff. Many of the people who have graduated from our training programs have found employment in the mental health system and are making an enormous difference both in the lives of the people they serve as well as in perceptions regarding the capabilities of people with severe and persistent mental illnesses. Next, Dave shares one of the greatest challenges he feels his organization and the people they serve currently face. While, you know, healthcare reform presents a tremendous opportunity for all of us in behavioral healthcare, but I'm very concerned that mental health services not become the step sibling to physical health care. I think we all need to remember that in the overall funding picture, behavioral health is a relatively small percentage of the overall health care system. And my fear is that in their rush to implement health care reform, providers that are primarily physical health care providers will underestimate or ignore the behavioral health care needs of the population particularly the population of people with severe and persistent mental illnesses. Um, I'm sure your listeners are aware that there's a lot of evidence uh, that the traditional healthcare system currently doesn't serve our population well. People with severe and persistent mental illnesses die an average 25 years earlier than people without mental illnesses. And while there are certainly many reasons for this, personally I believe that the primary reason is that the traditional healthcare system just isn't very welcoming to people with severe and persistent mental illnesses. Feeling unwelcomed, our members don't persist in trying to access adequate primary and preventive care, and many conditions that could be relatively easily and inexpensively controlled wind up costing them their lives. Now, the hopeful part of this is that the biggest strength that providers like MHALA bring to health care reform is our relationships with our members. Our members trust us, allow us to act as their intermediary with the primary and physical health care system. It reminds me, I don't know if you're familiar with the movie Shampoo from the 1970s, uh, starring Warren, Warren Beatty as a hairstylist who wants to start his own salon. 
he goes to a banker to discuss getting a loan so he can start his own business, and the banker wants to know what he is offering as collateral. Beatty can't understand why there is this condition for the loan because, as he puts it, hey, I've got the heads, you know, by which he means that he has the trust and business of his patrons. In the same way, we have the trust of our members in a way that will be much more likely to ensure that they access the physical health care system and get the services and treatments that they need. Here, Dave shares his vision for mental health services in the coming years. Um, I think that there are two really important issues in mental health uh, in the next five years, and I've spoken a little bit about the first, and that's the integration of physical health care and behavioral health care. And the second, I think, is increasing the social inclusion opportunities for people with severe and persistent mental illnesses. You know, I, I think that we're doing much better in the kinds of services that we provide to people with severe and persistent mental illnesses, but getting them back into the overall culture, I think, or the overall society is a difficult thing. My friend and colleague, Bruce Anderson of Community Activators, talks sometimes about how the recovery model should really be called the exile model because to a large extent people with severe and persistent mental illnesses have been exiled from the overall society and so it's our job to help bring them back and I think that providers don't do enough to actually help integrate people back into the overall culture. We do a great job in sort of getting them off the streets or perhaps providing them with uh, certain kinds of services but getting them integrated back into the culture so that their mental illness isn't the focus of their lives is something that I think we can improve. So providing those kinds of social inclusion activities, I think, is going to be an important part of our vision. Next, we asked Dave how he feels Procovery fits with current healthcare reform efforts. Well, you know, the dirty little secret in healthcare reform is that nobody likes to mention the fact that unless people take responsibility for themselves, and make changes to their own lifestyles, we will never get health care costs under control. Um, several years ago, I read an article in a magazine called Fast Company, and the article was called Change or Die. And what was amazing to me about the article was that even when people are told by their doctors that they must change their lifestyle choices or they'll die, people are still remarkably resistant to change. Now, what does that have to do with recovery? Well, it strikes me that uh, what, what strikes me about recovery is its steadfast focus on the future and how people need to take responsibility for their own wellness. You know, as such, recovery, I think, has the potential to be a major force in the healthcare reform efforts of people with severe and persistent mental illnesses and the providers who serve them. We're all looking for a way to encourage people to make changes in their lives, and I think recovery is one of the best tools available to actually do that. We asked Dave what inspires him or gives him hope. The clients we serve is what primarily gives me hope, which is why I think I got into mental health services in the first place. As your listeners are probably aware, as a psychologist, I'm required to take a certain number of continuing education classes to keep my license. And I always find it interesting that most of the other psychologists that I meet in these classes work in the private sector with clients who are not categorized as severely disabled. When the conversation turns to where we work, and I mentioned that I work with people diagnosed with severe and persistent mental illnesses who usually have extensive histories of homelessness, incarceration, and or hospitalization, the response I usually get is, wow, that must be depressing. Okay, But it's completely the opposite. You know, what I 
see the incredible turnarounds that so many of our members have made in their lives, I feel tremendous hope and optimism. One of the problems with many mental health programs is that we don't create opportunities for hope and celebration. In our village program, for example, we have both weekly and annual events that allow us to celebrate the accomplishments of our members. During our weekly community meetings, members will often talk about both the minor and major accomplishments that they are experiencing. In the spring of every year, we also have what we call our Golden Duckies event, which is our version of the Academy Awards in which we celebrate such events as our members' ability to live independently, to work or go to school, and to maintain sobriety. One can't help but feel hopeful and inspired when one sees all the accomplishments of our members. We would like to extend our most sincere gratitude to Dave for taking the time to speak with us. We are very excited to announce that Procovery podcasts are now available for free download from iTunes. You can visit our Procovery podcast channel on iTunes by searching for Procovery Institute at www.itunes.com. As always, we invite you to visit our YouTube channel at www.youtube.com slash Procovery Institute. Today, in honor of Dave and his commitment and inspired leadership, we would like to leave you with the following quote by George Eliot. What do we live for if not to make the world less difficult for each other? <laughs>